What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the EPM show. This is all things enterprise performance management, and we are here to give you an unfair career advantage. And today's episode has a ton of unfair career advantages in it. We hosted Laron Edelist. He is a fractional executive. He's a board advisor, and he is an entrepreneur in the EPM industry. He is the former president of Jedox Americas and corporate vice president of customer success. We talk about his unique view on customer success. And I'll give you a hint. It's not about knowing the product. It's about understanding the customer's business and how aspiring leaders can grow their career faster by really digging in and understanding their own business. He specifically talks about the value chain of your business. He also shares some really, really great insights from an executive's perspective on what he looks for when he's hiring high potential, high aptitude talent. And then lastly, he breaks it down really plainly about how curiosity and passion can be two of the biggest difference makers in your career. And he uses the phrase, I'm looking for the person with the knife between their teeth. And I just love that intensity that he brings into his approach on career growth and talent and all things enterprise performance management. Check it out. I'm so, so excited for the insights that you're going to share with the audience today. So give me your career flyover in 60 seconds. Okay, let's less. start with my a surprising start. I was actually starting my career as a head of student association. That was my first role as an executive to rock Nike for student organization. Later on, I went to a management consulting shop, worked with uh, very small business owners and helping them to realize what the business is. Then I felt I need technology. So I worked with TM1 and business and technology type integration. And after a couple of years, I decided to establish my own consulting shop. He explained the world what is business performance management and why do we need it. So I tried to merge between business consulting and technology. One of my technology partners were Genix and Shop, and then that BI Shop with business intelligence and planning capability was acquired. Um, and Genix asked me to move uh, here where I'm today to Boston. So that was about seven years ago. I moved it was my family from Israel uh, to Boston. And uh, I've been with Genix for six years, right? the U.S. entity and global customer success. And over the past, we're doing some business entrepreneurial activities with different founders and investors. Crushed it. I think one of the things that I love about your background, and I'm excited to, to have conversations with you about, uh, is your combination of just entrepreneurial success, along with being a, a, a corporate executive at a top company. I think that's a, that's a pretty rare combination to see. So, so I'm excited. And for, for audience, fun fact, you have a PhD. Oh, yes. And this is also a show to help people with their career advantage. One of the fun facts about my PhD is that it was really a good reason for me to do the PhD, to get a leverage in my career. I thought that if I'm young and successful, if I also have that PhD title in front of my name, it's going to help me very much. And I think it's not about the title, it's about being your research, being your mindset, you know, keep being exploring stuff. I love that. Absolutely. So we always like to also ask a fun personal question to get to know folks a little bit better on the show. So the question that I have for you today is if you could sit down and share a meal with anyone in history, past or present, who would it be and why? That would be Albert Einstein, for sure, right? I think he was such a fabulous and interesting person. 
And I would always like to hear what he's thinking about and how he's talking and expressing himself in person. I, I didn't believe enough to be with him in person, but if I could take some time machine back and share a meal, he would definitely be one of my favorite persons to speak with. I can only imagine the conversations that y'all could have. I saw a quote uh, that someone posted from him the other day talking about how I'm going to paraphrase, but the message essentially from Einstein was, I have no special talents, just an insatiable, passionate curiosity. And this is a show about helping people advance their career. And Albert Einstein is one, one, one of the most impactful individuals probably to ever walk the face of this earth, especially in the field of science and mathematics. And for him to talk about the importance of curiosity, I think is just a powerful message for us to always think about. We should always be asking questions. And absolutely. Can't agree more. And I think also the, the concept of combining the science mindset with a little bit more philosophy and try to understand how the world and people are really acting and why, I think that's an awesome combination. Speaking of the combination of philosophy and science, I think that's a perfect segue just into kind of your view of leadership at, at an EPM platform. I know you led customer success for Jetox, um, at, at least in the Americas. And that to me seems like a very, very unique balance between the people side of the business and the technical side of the business. So can you talk about your view of customer success from a, from an EPM perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think there are a couple of things to mention in, in regards with customer success. And maybe the first one is to remember that it's about the customer, meaning it's about the business that the customer owns, right? And, and that's the very first viewpoint that we need to think about when we are talking about customer success. Um, after vendors, they have some business goals of their own from customer success, which I think they are perfectly legit, but it's all about the customer's business. So I think that's the first thing we need to put in place. The second one here is that because we are in the EPM space, then we need to understand how the customer journey is look like. And without taking general definitions of what is a customer journey and how we identify it, because you can find that in any book or article about customer success, I think it's more about what are the business goals that the EPM solution, process, mindset, vision should achieve. In many cases, I had that sort of conversations with customers that they really have a sort of a technical problem. And I think that my role in like, the head of customer success was to say, hey, we are not here to solve a technical problem. We are here to support business. If the business has technical problems, we can take care of those. But the idea is to understand how we can really support and give the business more value. So it's one about the business goals and the value we can bring to the business. And secondly, we try to focus not on the technology per se, but how technology can bring value to the business processes to become more efficient. I think that's a really unique take and focus on customer success that we need to be more mindful of. Customer success is not just about knowing the product. This is what I'm hearing you say. It's about actually developing, to the Albert Einstein point, a curiosity about your customer's business, getting to know your customer, understanding 
their industry, who the players are, what the trends are, what some of the headwinds are that these companies are facing. And then I can imagine that that, that helps a customer success manager who's, who's running that account better understand how the, the platform and the tool that they're responsible for can fit in to helping that their customer achieve their business goals and their vision. Like we, we talk a lot about radical ownership in your career at some of the leadership development work that we do. And there's three keys to radical ownership, but one of those keys, this is in order to radically own your role or your career, you have to understand the business. And so can you talk a little bit about how maybe you led your organization or teams to be focused on not just the product, but also on the business of the customer. Right. So maybe we also spoke a little bit about my academic background. So there are different business models that you can use sometimes from famous researcher and implement them in practice. So as I tried also to merge a little bit of that, I think the very basic understanding of your own business is what is the value chain. So literally what value myself as a business owner or as a business executive creating for my customers. I think that that value needs to be very specific. And again, if we're going back a little bit to the academic world, it's sometimes not too bad to run like a sort of a SWOT exercise and understand that, okay, here is my business value and here are values that other competitors are bringing to the table and how I can make my services more unique than others, right? So I think that's, that's the very basic piece in terms of owning the business and understanding the business, starting with the value that they want to create and how that value differentiates itself from competitors. Now, if you start with that, it's almost like sometimes designing a project, right? When is the deadline? Now let's do the reverse and do the backup work on how do we get into that deadline with a working project or product. The same should be with business. Okay, so why do you understand what's the value of this business? Then you can start a reverse engineering the processes with that. Now, that the same mindset that I was using for the companies I led, I use it with my customers. So I think sometimes we are thinking about the profit and loss report as the goal of the business or the goal of the DFPNA function, but that's definitely not true, right? It, the, the truth is that the business has value or different value propositions to businesses or organizations. And while that value, you need to make sure that everything in the organization is creating that value in the most efficient way. Because if you're not doing that efficiently, you are losing money or you're not profitable enough, or you can't grow in the same rhythm that you want, right? But that's the very high level scope of business, the way I see that. What is the value? How do you create that value? And how do you optimize the value creation? I love the big picture thinking. And I think... Sometimes if I'm putting myself in the, in the shoes of customer success, it, it can be easy just to focus on your book of business. Well, helping people zoom out is, is key, which, which kind of drives me to a, another point coming at this from a leader, right? And this show being about helping people level up their career and grow their career in the EPM space. What do you look for in terms of high potential, high aptitude talent. Okay. So let's start with that big picture, right? So I think understanding the big picture is just the start, but when I'm looking at the individuals, or if I'm looking at the customer success manager that needs to take care of his own book of business, is the ability to jump from that big business into the specific role or cell in the Excel 
and understand what stands behind it, right? So when I'm looking at talents, I'm looking at people that can understand the big picture, they can understand the business they are solving, whether they are consultants that are solving their clients and the company that is hiring them, or whether those are FP&A professionals that are doing their job, I would first expect them to understand the business they are in. And secondly, I would expect them to understand how technology can make them produce better for their organization. Now, how technology helps them doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to make them to work more efficient. It means that how it can make the organization to work in a more effective way. So I think that would be the first thing, the ability to understand, to see the big picture, but also to understand their specific work in that picture and how they contribute to the organization value creation. Now, some of the people that are listening to this show are just at the early stage of their career, and that might sound a little bit too much for them to digest at the first day at work or maybe in the first career. But I would definitely say you have to be curious and you have to make sure that you understand not tasks that you're doing, but why are you, right? It's not about bringing a PML report. Why do you bring it? Um, it's not about the revenue lines and just comparing the actual versus budget. Oh, it's really trying to get that curiosity that we spoke about and make sure that we understand why is it important, the way we're doing and what are we doing, right? I love that curiosity is becoming the theme of this episode. It seems like both from a customer success and a career perspective. <laughs> so let's speak a little bit about that curiosity. As a consultant, you jump from one business to another, right? And once you go to yep. someone, to a retail company, they say, how much experience do you have with retail? And you come to bank, said, how much experience do you have with banking? And then how much experience do you have with IT companies? I think that curiosity is the ability to adapt yourself, right? Into different businesses, into different processes, and, and also to enjoy, right? Uh, I think that I, I can definitely understand people that like to go to their job and just spinning the wheel. And, and that's fine with them. And I, I'm completely okay. But if you really want to get more in your career, you need to be, to enjoy what you're doing, right? And you need, and, and one way to enjoy is to be curious and explore new things every day and new technologies and businesses. Yeah. I think one of the things I think about when you talk about that willingness to explore new businesses versus someone who maybe is okay with just showing up to their work. And again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, it's almost a, it's a comfortability issue, right? If I know my environment and I desire to be comfortable, which is people we all desire to be comfortable, it can be tempting just to say, well, I'm just going to stay in this environment because I know it. Whereas sometimes going out and learning a new business, learning a new industry, learning a new product can be difficult because you're going to fail some. You're going to feel like you might be taking a step back, but you're being stretched. And, and that is at the end of the day, taking risks in your career, stepping out into things where you might not have ever done it before, but you have the ability to do it. Right. One of the things we talk about a lot is, is having like a, having a, a humble confidence. You want to have the humility to know that this is going to take time for me to grow into this. And I'm going to have to ask questions and I might even have to ask questions that I think could be dumb, but the confidence to know that I can get up the learning curve. So as a leader, how do you help? more inexperienced professionals in this space take those smart risks in their career so they can continue to develop. Yeah, so first in my career, I always love to hire those, and let's call that juniors, 
and bright one and those who who I was able to see passion in their eyes, right? People that were curious enough to get the job. Uh, I remember that sometimes people were asking me, why don't you do us like an Excel, a sort of an exam to see our Excel skills. And sometimes it's just good enough to, to see the passion. And I think the technology skills for passionate person in, in a way in our era and age, it's easy to acquire, but it's really about that desire and passion to grow. Now, the way I'm trying as a leader to, to build a career for more junior people is to try and understand where the passion is. Um, and you can see different type of people and, and different variations, right? So sometimes you can see a person that is really more like an analysis type of a guy. So I would try to push him to speak more with data than people, which is perfectly fine, right? And, and he can do that sort of a job as well. You know, even if we're getting outside of the, about customer success, right? And you can see people that have a desire to want and to go toward new customers and new business. And you can see the people that are really built such a strong relationship with business partners and with customers. Oh, that's perfect. So they can go from small accounts to medium-sized accounts and then to, to deal with enterprises, right? And and it's the same with our field of FP&A. Um, you can see people have different passions. You can see people that are more project-oriented, business-oriented, more analytical in their mindset, more business-oriented. And that's literally where I usually suggest them uh, to grow. But I'm trying to avoid the situation that the majority of the work for a person is something that he really is not passionate about. And the same as I would with customer success, I would do with many of my employees and I will try to make sure that they have their journey set out, what are their personal and professional goals and make sure that we can achieve that together. You bring up two really amazing points that I want to make sure the audience understands. The first is you want to see the passion in their eyes. You want to see their energy. We've been talking a lot about energy lately. And how, because right, we're executive search and talent acquisition. We help companies hire people. And one of the things we tell our candidates is that while, yes, the answers that you provide in an interview, they do matter, but the, your energy and the way you deliver those things with positivity, with optimism, with excitement, that matters just as much. Because if I'm a hiring manager, I want to see that someone has an excitement about this opportunity and about what the company is doing. And so I love that you bring that up because it's a reminder that at the end of the day, we can choose, we can choose to bring our energy and our passion into a meeting or a conversation. We can be kind of level and just, eh, or we can choose to say, no, I'm going to get up for this. I'm going to, I'm going to bring my energy into this room and into this conversation. And that alone can set you apart as who's, who's prepared and ready to continue to grow in their career. And the second thing that you brought up was the importance of being able to identify your passion. And I think for more junior individuals, it does take time. You almost have to do some things that you are not passionate about in order to get to find the things that you are passionate about. Some folks are lucky. They fall into something that they're passionate about early on in their career. Others, it takes two, three, four five years before they really find that thing that, that makes them come alive. But even then, to me, it's like you have to bring energy every day into that process. And so I love that you highlighted the importance of that because it's easy for folks, and myself included, and our audience to get focused on the technical side. It's something that you will do 
your whole career. I continued as an entrepreneur with my first few customers. It was a very small company, right? Myself, a few more employees over time. And I'm talking about customers because the same way that I would sell service, I would try to sell a, a person, right, to, to get a new job. The customer, what they always used to say to me, you know why we pick you? It's not because you have been the cheapest. It's not because you brought potentially the best solution to the table. They said, we know that you're going to fight for us. We know that we, even that you are like a small or a boutique shop, you care about that. You have the knife between your teeth. And so that's what we like. And that's why we picked your solution and your services than others. And I think it goes exactly the same with candidates, right? If you see the passion, if you see that they want the job, if you see that they care about the business they're going to serve rather than their one comfort zone, then, hey, do I get five or six days off during the summertime? I don't know, right? That's not the right question. The right question is like, how can you as an individual can contribute business in the way that will make you passionate, will make you happy and will make business happy as well? That is an unfair career advantage. Those insights, folks. That's an unfair career advantage. Laurent, this has been awesome. I see your perspective from both sides now as an entrepreneur and as an executive. And I know now you're, you're advising startups. You, you, you sit on several boards and I would get you out of here on this question. What is next for you? What is your next big, hairy, audacious goal that you're going after? It could be work-related. It doesn't have to be. It could be personal. It could be running a marathon. Whatever wow. So from a work perspective, I have so many plans, but with all the respect, I am not going to disclose all of those plans right now. I think more from a personal perspective, I like to travel. So I have, by the way, a long list, but we don't want this to be like the topic for today. So just the top three ones. Okay. Number one is to take an RV tour in a couple of continents, right? Number two is to complete my sailing license, which I just started uh, two years ago, but never had the chance to complete. And if I would do those two, maybe I would try pilot license. An adventurer as well. Sailing, pilot's license, taking our RV across multiple continents. I love it. That is an awesome, awesome goal. And you heard it here, folks. You'll have to be on the lookout for what Laurent's next big plans are as far as the work stuff goes. So just keep a lookout. Laurent, where can people uh, find you? Probably LinkedIn, that would be the easiest. And they're usually very responsive. So anyone will just want to chat, get an advice to speak. I'm always happy, always responsive. So yeah, please feel free. Awesome. Well, hey, today has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. And you have given folks an unfair career advantage. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're consuming this, if it's YouTube, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed. We have a lot more amazing guests on the way, a lot more great content. We're doing our best to bring you value and have fun while we do it. And we really want this to be a career advantage listening to this show and we want you to enjoy it. So it means a lot. Make sure you're subscribed for what's, what's to come. And also, if you're up for it, it would mean a lot if you leave us a like, a comment, a rating, a review, whatever platform you're on. That really helps and it gets us fired up when we see those. So I appreciate you guys. Find us on LinkedIn. I'm Blake Bozarth, my co-host Chad Pike with a Y. Would love to connect with you there. Have an awesome day. See you next time. Peace.